Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with Hickory Ridge Community Church. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday broadcast. We are so excited about what the Lord is doing. We're getting ready to start a brand new year. Can't wait for the new year to start. And so I want to just tell you uh, just a couple more times before the end of this year that if you'd like to have a free devotional book, it is entitled Believe. Uh, it is a free gift that I'd like to give to you. All you got to do is give me a call. Uh, you can call the church office at 757-421-7500. I know I gave that to you kind of fast. 757-421-7500. And uh, just leave a message with the receptionist. Tell them you want the Believe devotional book. Give her your name and your address. And we'll make sure that gets in the mail for you, okay? Love to get that to you. Also, I have 30 verses that go along with this devotional. And if you'd like to have that little packet of verses, you let her know. And I'll send you those packet of verses as well, okay? Again, the number is 757-421-7500. If you call after hours, uh, just leave us a message on the voicemail. And we will get back to you as soon as we possibly can, okay? Well, I thought today we'd do something a little different on the broadcast, and I want to talk to you about the most popular Bible verse of the year 2021. Now, in 2020, Uversion had a record-breaking year as far as the number of people that logged on and signed up for that free app called Uversion, which I highly recommend to you, okay? I use Uversion all the time on my phone uh, sometimes I use it when I'm leading Bible studies and I just have it on your phone. You just click on it and you get the whole Bible right there on your phone. Well, following a record-breaking 2020, the Uversion community remained a highly engaged Bible connection all throughout 2021. Uh, Bible verses that earned a top spot on Uversion 2021. Uh, here's one verse that was the most popular verse that people read this year, 2021. Matthew 6. 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, isn't that interesting that this was the most popular verse? Seek first the kingdom of God. As we look at uh, coming through this pandemic and coming through a tumultuous year, what we should be doing is seeking first the kingdom of God. The word seek is a present imperative verb, and it means that one is to pursue something and keep on pursuing it without stopping. In other words, we could say, keep on seeking the kingdom of God. Keep on seeking his righteousness. Keep on doing this, and all these things will continually be added unto you. Now, you see, prior to the pandemic, you virgins saw spikes in Bible engagement, especially on Sundays, because many people weren't going to church. Typically, they would see a 20% higher rate of people using version on Sunday than the rest of the week. However, there was a noticeable shift over the past two years. In March of 2020, when people weren't able to attend church in person, weekday Bible engagement increased by 10% and continued to rise in the following weeks. As churches began to reopen, the Bible engagement spikes on Sunday returned but not at the expense of daily engagements. In 2021, Monday through Saturday engagements were still up by 24% prior to pre-pandemic levels. Uversion also saw increases in community features when the pandemic hit, and those numbers remained high during 2021. In particular, the plans that they have on the Uversion app, uh, the plans with friends, 
This feature saw a big jump in engagement during the shutdown and continues to see 50% more subscriptions in 2021 compared to pre-pandemic rates. Coming off a record year in 2020, uh, they were so excited to see so many people that were engaged in the Bible every single day. The founder of Uversion said, they're engaging past that initial moment of need and they're digging deeper to strengthen their relationship with God. Isn't this some really good news? The pandemic has created this opportunity and created this need for us to get into God's Word. You see, global growth continues past the pandemic. The fastest-growing geographical areas for this app, the Uversion app, and that daily scripture reading engagement is found in Central Africa and Southern Asia. When we look at these areas, they're seeing a 49% increase in Bible engagement. Even Pakistan saw a 69% jump this year over the previous years. This November, November of 2021, the Version Bible app surpassed 500 million unique installs. As people around the globe installed the app, they returned to regularly engage with the Bible. As a matter of fact, here is some interesting things I found about the Uversion app. In 2021 alone, the Uversion community read 55.8 billion, not million, 55.8 billion chapters in the Bible. They played 8.2 billion audio chapters. They created 2.4 billion highlights, bookmarks, and notes. And if you're familiar with this app, you know you can go in there and you can highlight certain verses and you put a bookmark on it if you want to go back to it later. And you can even put notes in there next to the verses. In 2021, 2.4 billion highlights, bookmarks, and notes were added. In 2021, 1.4 billion Bible plans were completed. Not just started, they were completed. Many of these plans go from five days to about 30 days, but 1.4 billion daily plans were completed. This is so exciting to me to see people having a renewed interest in the Bible because the Bible gives us every answer that we need for our lives. You know, the version also added a prayer feature in 2021, and they launched it with a guided prayer, which leads people kind of through a series of prompts to help them reflect on Scripture and draw closer to God. Did you know that in less than a year, a guided prayer was completed more than 38.4 million times? As a matter of fact, they found that one of the most popular guided prayers came from a passage of Scripture we're told not to be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, or about your body, about what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? Now, these verses found in the book of Matthew are examples of how we can overcome worry in our lives. Now, Jesus said, you know, the birds of the air don't sow, they don't reap, or they don't gather into their barns. Yet God supplies for their daily needs. I think we really needed that. In this day and age, where we're not sure how we're going to make it, how we're going to make it through the pandemic, how we're going to make it through the economy and inflation. And Jesus said, the lilies of the field do not toil, they do not spin, but God takes care of them. 
In fact, their clothes are much better than the wealthy ones that Solomon wears. In Matthew 6.33, that most popular version verse for 2021, there is an alternative to worrying about your needs. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So we should depend upon God for our provisions instead of worrying about how we're going to obtain them. Know that all these things, all these things being added unto you, refers to eating and drinking and wearing clothes. When we depend upon God, we are assured to have our basic human needs meet. In Matthew 6.34, there's a conclusion of this whole conversation. Jesus says, therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Why? Because tomorrow will have enough anxiety for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Well, maybe you're asking yourself, well, why in the world should I seek first the kingdom of God? You know, the kingdom of God is the sovereignty of God. The fact that he is the ruler over all creation. We should seek that kingdom so that we can be part of all that God has to offer when we depend upon him. When we depend upon him for everything, instead of relying on ourselves, we get what he can deliver. If I depend solely on myself, I can only get what I can deliver. And I want you to know, that's not a whole lot. It's rather disappointing. As a matter of fact, you know, the person that I most disappoint in my life is me. I can't even meet my own expectations, never mind the expectations that others have placed upon me. So Jesus told his followers, don't worry about provisions, you know, things like food and drink or or clothing. Why? Because God was going to provide for their needs. Now, if the disciples would rely on the kingdom of God first, then their material needs would follow without that need to worry or that need to be anxious. You know, there are basically, I think, four takeaways from this passage in Matthew 6.33. And that's what I want to share with you today in the broadcast. Four takeaways from Matthew 6.33. According to this passage, we are told not to worry about food, drink, or clothes. So I want to challenge you today. Go through the next 24 hours without worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or any material possessions. Don't worry about them at all. Go about your day-to-day and say, okay, my primary goal today is to seek first the kingdom of God. I'm not going to worry about all these bills that I have. I'm not going to worry about, am I going to have enough to eat? I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to wear. I'm not going to worry about my car breaking down. I'm not going to worry about any of my material possessions. I'm going to be totally focused on Christ. You would discover when you were totally focused on Christ, all of a sudden, the anxiety begins to drop. You know, this week I had to go to the dentist, and I went to the dentist because I had a cavity, and this cavity, part of it, uh, it had a filling in there, part of that filling broke off. And now, this actually happened before the pandemic, and I had an appointment to go get it repaired, and, and uh, they were going to drill out, put a new filling in, but uh, the pandemic came, and they canceled my appointment. And so two years after the fact, I, uh, this tooth is starting to act up. And I said, you know, I have it on my treatment plan to have this tooth fixed. And so I called my dentist and I said, I know it's been a couple of years uh, since we've talked, uh, but I need to get this taken care of because it's starting to bother me. 
So I went in there and, uh, you know, I, I really, I hate, I, I loathe going to the dentist, right? I, I despise going to the dentist. Now, I love the dentist. Uh, that's the, he's not the problem. Uh, just the whole concept of being there and uh, I battle with costophobia I don't like people on my face. I don't like people on, you know, all those things. They're real things that we struggle with, right? And uh, I don't like the sound of that that drill, right? It makes that that ear piercing noise, and and uh, and even the the lower speed drill. It's got that grinding noise, and I don't like the smell of the dentist's office. I don't like anything about being in a dentist's office. But I had to get this tooth taken care of, so I mustered up as much strength as I could, put my big boy pants on, and said, "Okay, I'm going to get this tooth taken care of." And I sat in that chair, and and uh, it was a long process. It took about an hour for them to drill out that old cavity and that old filling, and put the new one in. And and uh, you know, my mouth is all swollen and from the Novocaine. And and finally, it is finished. And they send me out the door. I pay my bill, and and uh, you know, the next day I get up, and I said, "Man, this this thing is it's still hurting." I thought that uh, it would take care of the pain, and so I. Called my dentist and I said, listen, I, I'm still in a lot of pain. And, he, and this is what he said to me. He said, well, uh, we treated the wrong tooth. I said, what? You treated the wrong tooth? He said, well, the tooth that needed to be treated was treated, but the tooth that's causing the pain wasn't the tooth that we treated. He said, you need a root canal. He says, the crown of the tooth next to the one we worked on needs a root canal. I said, oh, great. So now I got to go through a root canal. I am stressed out about this root canal. I'm worried about this root canal, and I hate going through that process of the root canal, but I endured it. You know, root canal is not a pleasant process. As a matter of fact, we always get around and says, this is about as pleasant as a, a root canal when we're talking sarcastically. But I was thinking about this verse. Don't worry. Don't worry about food, clothes. Don't worry about, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, says Paul. So this is what I did. I thought beyond the pain. I said, you know, this is going to be a painful experience. This is going to be an uncomfortable experience, but I'm going to look past it. I'm going to look to the point that I will receive comfort by addressing this pain. You know, God allows pain in our lives as a wake-up call. He does. Pain is telling us there is something wrong. My tooth was hurting because there's exposed nerves that were telling me this needs to be addressed. The only way it could be addressed is they had to drill into my tooth, drill through my crown, and they had to clean out those canals. They had to clean out where those nerves are, and I was finally given some relief. I'm happy to report I no longer have pain in that tooth. <laughs> I no longer have any nerve endings in that tooth either, but I no longer have pain. I had to endure pain to eliminate pain. Jesus says, don't worry about food, drink, or clothes. Don't be pained by that. Seek first my kingdom. I don't want to seek his kingdom first, right? Well, we're control freaks. That pain of being in control. You know, control is really a misnomer. We really have very little control. So Jesus tells us, don't worry about food, drink, clothing. Second lesson, second takeaway. Jesus tells us to consider the birds and the lilies of the field. They don't work for their basic needs, but God provides for them. Jesus is going to take care of every need that you have. Don't worry about those needs. He's got it. Seek first his kingdom. All these things will be added unto us. Our basic needs are always going to be provided to us by God. 
God will take care of our needs, but not our greeds. Here's the third thing that we learn from this passage. The third thing is that there's an invitation given to us that we should seek Him first. What is the number one priority in your life? You can't have two number ones. What is the number one priority in your life? Is it seeking God? Now, this is something that you've got to learn because by nature, we seek our own agenda first. By nature, we are selfish individuals. But here an invitation is given to us to seek first the kingdom of God. Is Jesus number one in your life? What's most important to you? Where do you spend most of your time? Where do you spend most of your talents? Where do you spend most of your resources? Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will be added unto you. There's one more final advice. Don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow has enough to worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day. Isn't it good to know that God's grace is sufficient for today? Just today. It's not sufficient for tomorrow. I get more grace tomorrow. So God doesn't give me grace for yesterday or tomorrow. He gives me grace for today. That's why Jesus doesn't want us worrying about the future, and he doesn't want us fretting the past, because his grace is sufficient. You know, I love that whole theme of grace. The grace of God is sufficient to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is by God's grace that we are saved. It's not of our own good works, lest any man should boast. A central theme throughout the Bible is God's grace. It's the Greek word charis. Grace. Amazing grace. I don't know how we can not be overwhelmed by God's amazing grace. I love that old song that was written by John Newton. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. I guess there's really no other word except amazing to describe what grace has done for us. Where would we be without the grace of God? I know that God's grace is sufficient for whatever I go through. Now, sometimes as I have my back against the wall and as I'm going through a terrible time, I feel like God's grace is not sufficient. It is at that moment that I take my walk with Christ one moment at a time. You know, there's many days I feel overwhelmed with the responsibilities of, of leading a church and leading a prison ministry and leading a Christian school and an early learning center and, and doing a, a broadcast. And, and, and there's many days where I said, I just can't do all this. This is too much. And I'm reminded God's grace is always sufficient. I'm reminded that he will never put on me more than he puts in me to bear. And even when it feels like I'm overwhelmed with the circumstances of life, even then he provides a way for me to escape from that burden. You know, I spend a lot of time in my day saying, Lord, what should I say no to today? And Lord, what should I say yes to today? Because I only have a short amount of time. I have 24 hours in this day. I have 168 hours in this week. I only have a short life to live. And I don't want to waste my life doing a whole lot of things that don't matter in the light of eternity. So Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough worry that's going to come tomorrow. You got enough to face today. Take one moment at a time, one day at a time, because each day has enough trouble of its own. What is overwhelming you today? What is in your life that you're feeling that is crushing you? Are you feeling overwhelmed with anxiety? Maybe you're worried about some financial issues. 
We offer a program called Financial Peace University. Now, we're getting ready to start that in just a very short time. If you're interested in Financial Peace University, why don't you give me a call? 757-421-7500. Or I'll even give you my personal cell phone number. If you shoot me a text and say, I'm interested in taking Financial Peace University, shoot me a text to 252-267-2365. And I'll let you know when Celebrate Recovery is going to be offered. As a matter of fact, I'll even give you a scholarship to attend the Financial Peace University. Uh, There's a small cost to get your materials, and uh, we'll take care of that for you. We'll let you know uh, when it is offered at our church, and and I'd love to have you take Financial Peace University. Many years ago, my wife and I, we took that course. And I want you to know, God has blessed us beyond our wildest imaginations. You know, because of what we learned at Financial Peace University, we are able to buy a brand new car, and we're able to pay cash for that car. First time in 32 years that my wife and I have bought a brand new car. Because when we got married, we decided that we're not going to finance a vehicle. You know, cars are great, but uh, they seem to wear out awful fast and they're depreciable items. And so we decided many years ago uh, that we'd only pay cash for a car. And so we've always bought gently used cars and and then we'd wear them out and we'd drive them as far as we could. And and when the tires fell off and they had more miles on them than the space shuttle, then we'd get rid of them, buy another used car. We'd save up for it. And and so because I commute so many miles, uh, several years ago, I started saving up my money. And I said, I need to have a good, reliable vehicle that gets good gas mileage with the price of gas going crazy. And uh, so we just started saving and saving and saving and saving and saving and saving. Uh, it took us a long time. Uh, it took us over a decade, as a matter of fact, uh, to save up this money. And uh, we we're able to buy a nice brand new vehicle. You know, God will bless you if you seek his kingdom first. All these things will be added unto you. Listen, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a wealthy person. I'm just your typical middle-class schmuck, right, trying to eke out a living just like the rest of everybody is here in Hampton Roads. You know, I go to work every day like you go to work every day, but I've discovered some things about putting God first in your life. When you put him first, he takes care of you. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. You know, God has promised that he's going to take care of all of our needs. Paul put it this way in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply for all of your needs. All. (laughs) I had a seminary professor always remind me, all means all, all the time, and that's all all means. All means that God's going to take care of every need that you have. Now, he may not take care of those greeds that you have, but he knows your needs. He knows you need a car to get you back and forth to work. He knows you need a roof over your head. He knows that you need clothes and that you need food. And God even takes care of some of the the nicer things in our lives. God knows exactly what we need. And when we put him first, he will take care of us. Well, I hope that the broadcast today has been a blessing to you. As you think about how God can use you, he can use you beyond your wildest imagination. I discovered that God is looking for people who will be available to him. We get so hung up on ability, right? I don't have the ability to this, or I don't have the ability to that. God is not looking for your ability. He is looking for your availability. Are you willing to do anything he asks you to do? If you are willing to do anything that he asks you to do, you will discover that he opens up doors for you that you never thought were possible. 
You know, I never thought I'd pastor a church. I never thought I'd start a church. I never thought I'd do a radio broadcast. I never thought I'd start a Christian school. All these things were made possible, not because I'm so great, all because I said, okay, I'll do it. I'll make myself available. You know, I find this especially true in sharing the gospel. I know there's somebody in your life right now who needs the gospel, and God has placed that person in your life for such a time as this. And God wants you to open up that mouth of yours and share the gospel with that person. I find there's three ways to be successful in sharing the gospel. When you wake up this morning, say, Lord, would you allow me to share the gospel with somebody today? Would you allow that person to come into my path so that I can share the gospel with them? And then the second part of your prayer is this, Lord, would you give me the wisdom to see that person, to discern who that person is that I should share the gospel with? And then number three, Lord, would you give me the boldness to open up my mouth so that I will say the right words at the right time so that I can share the gospel with this person? A three-pronged prayer. Number one, Lord, would you send somebody in my path today who needs the gospel? Number two, Lord, would you give me the wisdom, the discernment to see that person as he comes into my life? And then number three, Lord, would you give me the right words to say? The boldness to speak up, not to say too much, but to say just the right words at just the right time. You'll find an amazing thing that will happen. When you put yourself in a position to be available, to be used of God, God says, you're my man or you're my woman and I'm going to use you. You know, the Lord will use you beyond your wildest imaginations. Well, thank you so much for joining us today in the broadcast. I so look forward to talking to you tomorrow. God bless you. Be safe as you're driving home. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.